A conversation with Brent about selling his 1986 Fleer Michael Jordan rookie card. Hey there, welcome to the Splendid Sports Podcast. On this episode, a gentleman named Brent contacted me through Twitter. He found the Splendid Sports page on Twitter at Splendid Podcast. He is the owner of the most iconic basketball card ever, which is the 1986 Fleer Michael Jordan rookie card. He uh, pulled it out of a pack many, many, many years ago, and he actually graded it with Beckett, BGS, uh, it's a BGS 8, about, he said about 20 years ago. And he really um, mentions that, you know, he hasn't been paying too much attention to the sports card market as of late. He was a collector years ago. Um, so he's kind of just zooming back in now, and he has some questions. He wanted to get my opinion on uh, a couple things, you know, like if he should keep it in the BGS holder because it was graded 20 years ago. And it's a really nicely centered eight. Um, so, you know, one of his questions was, would I be better off maybe looking at getting it regraded at PSA? So we talk about that. Uh, also, we look at some valuations on what he could potentially sell it for and the best way to go about selling that. So we talk some different strategies and I thought it was a great conversation. So what I would like is if you, if you could uh, submit in after you listen, let me know what you think about the opinions that I gave him, uh, you can send a message through Twitter. Like I mentioned, it's at Splendid Podcast, or just type in Splendid Sports. And or go to our website, SplendidSports.com. Go to the contact page. And uh, like I said, I'd love to hear your opinion on that. And I uh, hope you uh, enjoy. Thank you. Hello, Brent. Is this Adam? Yes, sir. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. Thanks for jumping on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. You got it. So um, just a little background. You reached out to me on Twitter and yep. uh, you are the owner of a 1986 Michael Jordan Fleer rookie card. Yes, I used to have three of them because I bought it as a kid. I bought a bunch of packs and I sold I sold. I'm regretting it. I sold a couple of them when it was at 300 uh, back in the day and then decided to hold on to the best of the three. Um, yeah, so I still have one, the one left. And you sent me a couple pictures of it. Um, mm-hmm. And from so it's a it's a graded Beckett BGS eight. Um, but it it has it like you know from the pictures that you sent me. Again, I'm mm-hmm. not a professional grader, but uh, having right. looked at a lot of cards, it does have it does have some really nice eye appeal. Yes, which. As you may and probably know, that's a that's really right now, um, and it's always been important. But right now, there's a big push in the card industry for eye appeal. Uh, so even even though it's an eight, you may be able to sell this card for more than what the going rate is for a BGS eight because it has really nice eye appeal. And most people, I think that you know, would be in the market for a card of this type of price range. They're they're usually pretty you know savvy card investors or collectors so um they understand that so again it, they're gonna they're gonna really buy more of the card more so than the grade in in many cases like, especially with a card like this yeah correct and so you know what what i've been wondering here is you know i've, I've gotten to the point in time where 
I, you know, we could use the extra money. I wouldn't mind getting rid of it. I've had it for, you know, I was the person that bought it out of a pack way back in the day. And so I went on to eBay and I didn't look at what they were, what people were selling them for. I looked at completed and actually sold listings of other Beckett eights. And so I kind of saw that range, but then what really jumped out to me was the PSA eights were, were significantly higher. And so I wasn't sure. I'm like, you know, do I take this card out of the, uh, the Beckett eight and try to submit it to PSA, but then I don't even know if PSA is operating. I've heard it's a year out. Could be as much as six hundred dollars a card, and I, and I I don't know the industry like I did like I did back then. I'm, I, I teach fifth grade and I coach junior college baseball, so I you know I'm I'm I, I buy some cards still, but not much. I'm just I'm kind of out of it. I just happened to get this card graded in three others quite a while ago. Yeah, and and you know I I've been a collector buyer for thirty years of my forty years on Earth, but. I had been kind of tuned out like you seem like you're a little currently I had been tuned out like up until the beginning of this year where I kind of went down the rabbit hole again and I've been, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of looking at everything, you know, so I think I might have a better at least feel for the current market than someone like you who, like you said, you, you know, you haven't you're not really that tuned in on a daily basis. That's absolutely correct. Yeah, I just, you know, between kids, my own kids playing sports, my coaching, my teaching, I, I just I just don't have time. And, and also, you know, when the market got flooded and then with all the other things that are out there now, it's not not necessarily flooded per se, but there's so many different options and different things out there. It's it's impossible to keep track of. You're you're right. It's 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 become very, very confusing in a lot of ways. Um I actually use, so for just to give you some ideas on pricing and if you want to sell it, you know, how you'd sell it and what you might sell it for the best strategy. I actually use, and I'm not a affiliated with, with these guys in any way uh, other than I just, I'm a subscriber to their platform because I use it for myself. Um, mm-hmm. But have you ever heard of Card Ladder? I have not. Card Ladder is, now you, sound, you seem like you're probably in my age range. I'm 40 years old. Um, I got you by tw- I got I got you by twelve years. I'm fifty two. Oh, okay, well, some someone in that area. But growing yeah. up, you know, did you ever did you ever have like Beckett magazines for price oh, guides? Yeah. yeah, I remember yeah. when the yeah I remember when the first Beckett came out and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I absolutely remember that was huge. Yes. Yeah. So I consider Card Ladder um, kind of like the the next evolution of that in this in okay. this you know era, so to speak. They just it's not a it's not an old thing. It's something that just actually really came out in the last year, I believe. Uh, and okay. I, I've been I've been using it really for the last few months, and I use it for now. They don't have every card on there. It's a it's an online app. It's a price guide. They'll give you a lot of data. Um, it, but for a card like this, it's very useful because there's so many sales of it. Such a iconic, popular card that there's a lot of data. Um, right. So when I when I look the 1986 Fleer Michael Jordan number 57 card up on card ladder. So number one, they give me um, in a BGS eight, what they consider to be the current value. Um, Uh You know, you got to always take this with a grain of salt, no matter who you're looking at, because there's always a range. Like I was saying earlier, Uh, you you have a graded eight, but not all eights are equal. Whether you're looking at PSA or BGS or any grading company, a lot of it's going to be eye appeal, but you know, to give you at least a baseline, they value the BGS eight in this card right now at $7,100. Okay. Yes. So, and, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. And what I was going to kind of help you compare that to is, you know, cause I know one of the things you were looking at is do I consider maybe submitting it to another grading company like a PSA right now, they, they value the PSA eight 
uh, assuming you got the same grade. So that's another right. thing to look at. But let's just assume, okay, I send it in. I'm going to get an eight with PSA, all things right. being equal. They're valuing that at 8995 So a little more, you know, let, let's say, you know, eight, uh, 17 $1,800 difference between a PSA okay. 8 and a BGS 8. So not, not a huge, really, difference compared to sometimes you see even a bigger swing with other cards. Well, and also, too, and you factor in if indeed – the price for me to get a card graded because it says I and I don't know about getting I, I just did it on a whim years ago and it looked like on PSA that the declared value or whatever would determine how much the grading of your card was and if I was to understand it correctly if I'm having to throw down six hundred dollars to get that card graded well now you're washing off another six hundred from that you know eighteen hundred dollar difference exactly that and that's what I was going to tell you it, it right now the current state of things to grade a card like this you're right you're looking at you know, hundreds, probably, like you said, probably $600, something like that. Their mm -hmm. minimum grade on the uh, Super Express level, they only have two levels open right now. One is Express and the other one's Super Express. Um, uh -huh. I can tell you, I did the Super Express on a couple cards recently, and it took about a month. So, you know, from when they received the card, I got them back uh, in about a month. So now... If you did the Express, you're looking at months, you know, so you're looking at, I mean, who knows? It could be six months before you ever get anything back from them. So, right. Okay. The, it's the timing, but it's also, you're right, with, with there's not a huge price difference. Uh, I, I, I would actually, my, my advice, if it was me, I would keep it in the current holder, um, okay. especially because, you know, you do have, you'd have uh, some good subgrades on there too with Beckett. Mm -hmm. um, you know, not, you know, you got a nine on the surface. Um, the centering, it was an eight in there. Um, it, but for me, you know, it, it looks, it could, if, if they said the centering was a nine, I would have believed it. Uh, it's yep. really nice. But like I said, you, I wouldn't think you have to get it regraded. People can okay. see that, you know, that's something that someone who's going to buy this card can look at it and they, you know, right. you, you can't really tell so much the surface, you know, you rely on the grading company to tell you that, but um, you know, for a card being centered, that's a lot of times you can just, see that right away i mean if you go on ebay right now there's some bgs eights that are up for sale and they're they're under auction and just the first couple i saw they they were at with like a couple days left to go you know one was i think at like five thousand another one was a little more than that but if you look at those cards they're not as nicely centered as yours yeah and the only thing on the centering is you can tell um, just barely, you know, within uh, you know fraction of a centimeter, but you can see that one side, it, you know, it's factory, factory, obviously, it, one border is just slightly bigger than the other. So you, you know, you can see it. Um, it's not super obvious, but you know, if you know cards well enough, like you and I do, and even though I've been out of the game for a while, I know it well enough to look at that, that you can see that. And then I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the last five uh, BGS eights with completed listings. Went anywhere from, I believe it was five, and I think one went as high as 10,000, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'd have to relook that up. So, yeah, and, and that's where, like, you look at a card ladder where they give you, like, the, the current price, the 7,100. That mm -hmm. they try to give you, like, it's not going to be, it's not going to always be like, all right, the last one sold for 7,100. So that's the value. They try to give, right. you know, a, like an average and they have their own formula. So that's why I like giving that as far as a baseline. I think your card just just doing doing the eye test. I think you'll the seventy one hundred number. I think you'll be able to exceed that with your card. Well, wow, that's that's super helpful because I had no idea what card ladder was, and you know, I hate to say this, but 
when the whole card boom happened, I, I was so, um, I, I wanted to talk to somebody, but I didn't really want to walk into a card shop because it really turned into a, you know, very sleazy business in many ways. And not having gone into card stores for years, I don't know any of the card dealers out here. And, you know, there's some, I'm sure, you know, or I'm sure the majority of them are probably honest, but there have been guys through the years, as we know, and we've all read the stories of, you know, not being honest with things. And so I, I truly appreciate you helping me value it appropriately and helping me make a decision. So that, that means a lot. So thank you for that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and, and as far as selling it, um, you know, if, if the, what would you say the goal, is, like, if you're going to, do you have a goal set like, hey, I want to sell this before, you know, the end of the summer, the end of the year? Do you have any idea on that? Probably the end of the year is what I'm looking at uh, right now. That's kind of that's the way I'm leaning, you know, because Jordan's one of those guys that's going to retain value no matter what. It's not sure. going to, you know, he, he's, he's you know, played long enough. I know with the whole Jordan uh, with that 10 part documentary came out, you know, it started skyrocketing some things as well. But he's always going to retain value um you know it's unless you know something crazy happened but you know you don't foresee that so yeah i would say end of the year would probably be my goal yeah because another and you're right you'll always be able to sell this card it's not going to be something where there's always going to be buyers for you absolutely have that um there is a there is a timing element which uh, i mean you look at there's two ways to look at it one is if you look back to like earlier in the year february 2021 is considered like the all-time peak of sports cards if you look at the really yeah if you look at the overall market uh and you look at really a lot of the cards most of the cards they their all-time peak selling prices were in february of this year i did not know that okay why what why february of 2021 uh, there's a, there's a lot of theory i mean one is um you know people people attribute it to the you know, the pandemic, um, yep. you know, NBA got really, really popular around that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. th- again, no one really knows exactly There's You could look at, uh, you know, there's a bunch of different theories, but, but if you look at the data, you know, that was what everyone's considering the peak of the market. Um, now, if you look back two years, right? So let me give you an example. Your card in a BGS eight, the highest it's ever sold was $26,000. Wow. Okay. So it, it was up that high, right? Um, and that was in that time period. That was in right around the February time frame. Now, wow. okay. so, you, you know, you could look at it like, oh, it's down. But if you look back two years, right, your, mm-hmm. car, your card was selling as low as uh, 2000, 2225. So you could look at it like, hey, it's up it, historically, right? If I look at it right now, I, I'm selling it at a nice time. However, if you look back, you know, a few months, three, four, five months, you could look at it and say, well, it's in it. The market is in a little bit of a, a dip, let's say 40, 40 percent, something like that. on a lot of these cards compared to earlier in the year. So you wow. could say, you know, maybe there's a lot of I follow a lot of the, the media out there and there is no one knows anyone who says they know what, where prices are going to go. And they, they, they don't, you know, so they're, they're just full of it if they're telling you that. But the interest level in sports cards and that can be measured. Um, and I, I tend to go with that more than like, you know, prices are going to go up and down over time, but the interest level of sports cards right now is at an all time high. Uh, so even though prices have dipped, I feel like personally, I think the market's going to go back. I don't know if we'll go back to February levels, but I think they are going to go up over the next few months uh, from where they are right now. So, you know, if it was me and I didn't have to sell right now, I would right. probably hold for a little while longer to see where things go and monitor those prices. Um, right. And then maybe, you know, maybe you can sell it for, 
you know, over 10 grand or, or more. You know, I think I think things are headed that way. OK, so it, wow, that's very helpful to know, because, yeah, I don't have to get rid of it like this week, that kind of thing. Um, and I do have some time. I'm just kind of looking ahead at finances and things coming up and kids in college and things like that. So that's very helpful. Now, when you talked about the card ladder prices of uh, February 21 and the other ones just a couple of years ago, is all that information on card ladder where you can like look back at different uh, points in time? It is. There's a free version of card ladder where you can actually, you know, you can go sign up and you, you can, I believe they let you look at a certain amount of cards. Um, so you like, you could probably get this data for free if you just went there to kind of look at just this one card and look at all this information. Uh-huh. Um, and then there's a premium version where, you know, you can look at everything and there's some other advanced features, but you know, I think it's, I think it's pretty open to, you know, even if you didn't want to pay any money for it, just to use it for free for a little bit. And, you know, you can, you can see like February, I'm looking right here, February uh, 5th was, mm-hmm. it sold for $25,000, uh, wow. excuse me, 20, 26000 on February 5th of this year, your exact card. Uh, then it was 22. So it was in the 20s for a little bit, but that, but, but a lot of the cards were, like I said, at all time peaks at that time, which I don't know, they might, it might get back there, um, but it might not. So we, no one really knows. Right. And, and that, I probably will look at that premium version because I still have a lot of other cards that are really good cards, obviously not to the Jordan level. But when I looked up their eight, nine, 10 grades on eBay and what they were selling for, it was unbelievable. The, the difference And some of these cards are, you know, it, by my eyes for whatever that's worth seem absolutely perfect. And I'm like, this has got to be a nine at the worst, you know, who knows, maybe I get a 10 out of it. And we're talking things that are a lot more um, a lot more prevalent than the Jordan card, you know, the Barry Sanders score rookie or the Jerry Rice rookie um, and some older cards that from when I was younger, things like that. So, yeah, I think that would be definitely be helpful for me uh, for, for future use as well, because I don't want to get a card graded and, you know, pay for, pay a lot of money to get a card graded and then it comes back and you're like, it's not what you want. And then it's, you know, you completely wasted money. So um, that's very helpful. I appreciate that. Yeah. And, and the grading game can be tough. Um, even, even if you think, you know, yeah. like I, I don't really submit too many cards at this point. I mean, number one, you, you really can't submit too many anyway. But uh, right. I try to I try to not play the grading game too much um, just because it, there's, there's so much, you know, like I could look at a card and be like, hey, that, that could be a 10. And then you get back, it's a seven, you know, because it's something you can't even see. So I, right. I've just elected just not to participate in that whole process as much um, right. here and there. But. Yeah, I think the number one piece of advice I can give you here too, moving forward is uh, because I went through this myself. I actually, I, I had never sold a card. I'd only been a buyer collector for like 30 years, but I sold my first card um, in May and it was a Larry Bird card, uh, 1981, pretty rare card in a, in a perfect oh. 10 with PSA. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I actually made an episode about this uh, a few episodes back where I kind of detailed that whole selling process. Um, right. And I actually used a company called Heritage Auctions, so it went up for auction with them, and um, you know it was a good experience. It ended up it ended up selling for uh, close to thirty thousand dollars, which was really oh, nice. That's yeah. fantastic. That's fantastic. And you know I'm gonna have to go back and listen. And you know the way that I found you is kind of funny. Um, I'm on Twitter, you know, a decent amount. I use it. I call it my newspaper, you know, and uh, I had been complaining about these these sponsored tweets, you know, Bitcoin and all this stuff, and all of a sudden I saw yours was on there and i read it and i'm like oh cool and then when you responded back to me right away that was fantastic i truly truly appreciate that and so i obviously started following now i'm going to look up and start listening to podcasts and things so that's uh 
That's very, very helpful. I really appreciate that. Yeah, that, I mean, that was my number one goal with the sports card part of this podcast was to connect with, uh, you know, I don't just, you know, everyday people that are into cards or have a situation where they just like yours. So it was perfect. Um, but going back to my last final point here is be re- uh, my, my number one thing that I learned and I would give to anybody in your situation is be ready to sell, meaning uh, it's more than just having the card and having a graded selling a card is not as easy as you think, even, even a Michael Jordan card like this. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, so what I would say is whether you're going to sell it next week or, you know, in a year from now or at the end of the year, being ready is the number one factor. Uh, And what I mean by that is having it basically ready to sell uh, Mm -hmm. at the, at the outlet. So that's what you got. I think the number one thing you got to look at right now is when the time comes, how am I going to sell this? Because if let's say we have another spike, what happens is it, it happens very quickly, right? So before you know it, cards that like you could you could see your Jordan card in your grade selling, hey, one just sold for twelve thousand, then it's fifteen thousand. You're seeing this climb, and then before you can even get yours ready to sell, uh, it's back down. You know, so it, yep. it really happens very quickly. So what I would recommend is figure out um, how you want to sell this card when the time comes. Mm-hmm. Now, what I, I I recommend this again. I'm not affiliated with this company. Uh, yeah. but I've started using a company called PWCC Marketplace. Okay. And what, what they are is that number one, they, they are a vault. So you, so you'll send, you can send your card into them and they'll store it in a vault for you. And you know, they take pictures of it and it's, you have an online account where you can see the pictures of the card. But what basically what they'll do is they, they give you an account where whenever you want to sell it, you log into your account, you click the button, sell and they'll immediately put it up for auction on eBay, or you could list it at a certain price. So you have those options. But um, for me, that's what for cards that I feel like, hey, when it gets to this point, I'm, I'm going to sell it. Um, that, I, I like a platform like that where you can just quickly, you know, the day you decide I want to sell it, it's up for sale. Uh, whereas, you know, if you were to use like an auction house like I did, I mean, you could be looking at a, a, a period of like, like for me, it took two months before I, I decided to sell my card from when it mm-hmm. actually sold, right? you know, shipping it to them. Then you got to wait for their next auction. Um, so, it, you know, I think with a card like this, you definitely want to have it ready. I, I get what you're saying. And then also the benefits of people seeing the way that they would present it. And from a respected company, other than some guy who's taking a picture like I did the other day and it's sitting on my, uh, my kitchen counter, you know, that, that kind of thing. So um, buying it from a reputable place like that, that makes a lot of sense. So yeah, that's another thing I, I had no idea. So yeah. And, and the, it, with the when the way you sell it so even if you just created your own ebay account if you don't have one now and you just put it up Uh for sale you'll actually pay less in fees to sell it through a company like pwcc than you would your own you know ebay will charge you let's say uh, i think they're like 12 percent, 12 to 15 percent. so whatever it sells for if it sells for ten thousand, you know you're getting 8500 right and they're getting 1500 that if you sold it yourself whereas the pwcc because they have so much volume uh, I believe their rate would be closer for a card like this, be closer to like seven, eight percent, I believe. So, oh, wow. again, you, you're, you're in a lot of ways, it doesn't make any sense to try to sell it yourself uh, like online. Now, if you if you were going to try to work an in-person deal with a local card shop or something, you could always look at that route, uh, whereas then you don't you know, you don't have to pay the fees to sell it. But you're obviously going to have to you're not going to get as high of a price from no. a local card shop as you would, you know, so it's all, you got to factor in. All right. What's my percentage. Am I going to pay seven, 8% to sell it? 
uh, and can they sell it for more than seven, eight percent that I could sell it for myself in some other method? Right. And I, and you know, me trying to sell to a, uh, a card shop, I've, it's kind of over the years created kind of a bad taste in my mouth and I never felt like I was really getting a good deal. So, or a pro, I shouldn't say a good deal, a proper deal. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that would, I, I probably wouldn't do that. So, uh, but yeah, that, so your information is incredibly helpful. Great. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I would love if you could, uh, keep me posted. Maybe we do a follow-up episode when you're, when you have it up for sale or when the time comes to sell it, or you've already sold it. I'd love to get a follow-up as a, another episode where we can kind of see the result. I will absolutely do that. Thank you for that. Thanks for everything. That's, that's fantastic. That is more than I could have asked for from this. So, uh, I really, truly appreciate it. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks for jumping on, and I hope to talk to you in the near future. Will do. Thanks again. All right. Thank you. Yep. Bye. All right. Well, thanks for listening to my conversation with Brent. And as I mentioned earlier, feel free to send a message through Twitter or at our website, SplendidSports.com. Let me know what you think of that conversation. Anytime I can talk to somebody about cards, uh, buying, selling, any, anything like that. I always, I always love the opportunity, especially when I can potentially help somebody get some clarity on selling or even buying, um, through some of the, some of the lessons that I've learned with buying cards. Uh, I can tell you, you know, in the past I've, as I look back, there's been times where I look back now and I certainly realize that, I purchase cards without doing the proper research, without, um, you know, doing the things that I mentioned with that, uh, through, through the call with Brent. And really the two things, like I mentioned to Brent, are really the biggest things are number one, know, know what, not just what the value of the card you're trying to sell is or buy, know what the current value is, but it's also very, very helpful to know the history of the value. So by looking like in, at, at this card, uh, you know, it's valued right now, right around seven thousand, seven thousand one hundred dollars is the exact amount Card Ladder says, uh, but in that range, right? At least he has a ballpark now. And in in many cases, more importantly, he now knows the history of the card, so he knows what it was selling for two years ago, what it was selling for in February, and what it's at now. So he has the information to make a informed decision on when and how he wants to sell it. And on the and on the other end of it, like I mentioned to Brent, the the biggest thing in my opinion is for selling a card is knowing how to do it and being ready. So I mentioned uh, like the two things I mentioned: card ladder. Number one, he again, you don't have to use card ladder. There's other um, applications that do the exact same thing. Uh, I haven't tried Market Movers, but I know that's a big competitor of card ladder. I use card ladder. But I'm sure Market Movers, you can get that same information. I think it's a more money to subscribe to Market Movers than Card Ladder. Uh, but I, again, I, I just recommend a Card Ladder because that's what I use. And then on PWCC Marketplace, that's a place where I have sent cards in and I have them stored in a vault and I have them ready to go when I want to sell them. And and that's what I learned earlier this year as I as I looked into things. That was the biggest thing that stuck out to me is being being ready to sell when you want to time it, because uh, you're not always going to be able to time it perfectly at the like a market peak, but you can time it a heck of a lot better if you have the cards like at a PWCC ready to go, rather than okay oh now I want to sell it, 
uh, now I got to send it into PWCC or whoever and, and, you know, weeks could go by where you don't want that to happen. You want to be able to sell when you want to sell. You could use, you don't have to use PWCC, uh, but I recommend them because that's, that's one that I use, but there's other consigners out there where it's, it's the same thing where you can send your card to them and, um, they, they'll sell it for you. I think the point though, too, on that is the eBay thing where it doesn't really make any sense to set up your own eBay account or use your own eBay account that you, you don't have a lot of history with, you don't have anything built up on it because number one, the fees, right? So like I mentioned, why pay 12, 13, 14, 15% to eBay and PayPal or whoever to sell the card yourself on eBay when you can send it to a PWCC and you pay 8% for this type of card, which is if it's over $5,000, you're going you're gonna to only pay 8% commission for them to sell it for you. They have, a, they have a huge eBay account. They're top rated. They sell thousands and thousands of cards. Uh, so they're going to get a lot more eyeballs on your card. You're going to be able to sell it for a higher price and you're going to pay less commission. It, it's a win-win. It makes no sense, in my opinion, to try to sell it on your own on eBay. Uh, but again, you could use another consigner where there's other consigners that are right in that range for that type of card, 7 8%, 9%. Now, the percentage goes up if it's a lower value card. So you can you just go to their websites and you can see the, the fee range. But most of them don't do anything higher than like 15%. So at the very least, it's going to be apples to apples, right? So if you're going to pay 15% to sell it yourself on eBay, why wouldn't you just pay someone else 15% to sell it for you where you get a lot more eyeballs on it? Those were the major points. And then lastly, um, look, I would never, t- like I didn't do with Brent, I would never tell anyone when to sell or I would, I just told him if it was me, what I would do. And I told him I would probably wait a little bit uh, to sell because right now, as I've, I've really watched the market in the last six months, six, seven months. And right now I don't, even though historically, like I talked to him about, you know, two years ago it was selling for a lot less. So if you look at a, a wide range of time, it, it, the market is up compared to m- many other points in, in history. Uh, but if you compare it to earlier in the year, it's down. I mean, his card is, is selling at 50% less, or right in that range that it was in February. So um, I, I recommend that he wait a little while to do that and keep an eye on things while he gets, uh, while he gets the card ready to sell. Because I feel like uh, what I talked to him about, the interest level is so high right now, all time highs. You look at these card shows, there's more people than they've ever seen at these card shows. You can look at the, the web traffic and, and, and all the data online that you can kind of gauge interest in sports cards with. And if that, if I didn't see that, I wouldn't have told him that I would have waited to sell. Uh, but I did tell him to wait because I really think I don't know when it's going to happen exactly or what, what it's going to be at, but I just I feel like prices for that card, it's going to sell higher in the near future than it is right now. Uh, I don't, like I told him, I don't think it's, it, it maybe will go up to February levels anytime soon, but I do feel like it's going to go up from where it is now. I think right now with, with many cards, and I would put Michael Jordan cards right at the, the top of that list, I think now is the time to buy those. I don't think now is a is a great selling time to sell your Michael Jordan cards, especially rookie cards. 
I, I feel like you, you might want to wait a little while on that. And, and Brent was, you know, he was up front saying, I don't have to sell it right now. I, I maybe want to sell this thing, you know, before the end of the year, but I don't, I'm not in a position where like I need to sell this to pay my mortgage or pay my rent, where if you were in that situation, then okay, just, you know, sell it, sell it right now because, you know, there's more important things in a sports card. You need that money, take the money, whatever you can get for it right now. He's not in that situation. So uh, I feel like it, it was, in my opinion, good advice to tell him to keep an eye on things, but maybe wait, wait a little while, see what happens the rest of the summer into the fall. And if he sees that, that market trending up, which I feel like it's going to, then um, he could certainly even sell it for a lot more than he could right now. And I hope that's the case. And I, I feel like it is going to be. Thanks again for listening, and I will talk to everybody soon.